heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, everybody. It's Saturday, May 1st, so you know what that means. It's gonna be May. I'm sorry, I I, I had to do that joke. Um, It's the 1st of May. Um, This is probably the earliest I've ever recorded one of these. Actually, as I fixed my mic on the fly, um, because, you know, I don't have those things. And Yeah, but anyway, what I'm here to do today is to recap what the Patriots did for Day 2 and Day 3. I announced on Twitter this morning that I was going to do this. Why? Because if I don't do this now, I'm going to get lazy and I won't end up doing it. And I feel like I'm having a disservice to all of you, all of my loyal listeners, followers, etc. So with yesterday, the Patriots had two picks going into the day. They had they ended up picking two. They did end up dumping two fourths off. Now, so instead of having three fourths, they only have one. They were just going to have picks 120, 122, and 139. One, I believe it was one, I gotta look at the exact trade for uh, what they did to get to 38, but just bear with me for a second, but the uh, ooh, Patriots, I know, we traded with Cincinnati, we did that, I know that, we traded with the Bengals, so actually I'm gonna quickly, for some reason, go to the Bengals uh, Wikipedia, and then offseason, just gotta scroll, okay, so the Patriots traded their second round selection, Cincinnati traded 38 to us in exchange for 46, 122, and 139, so that means the Patriots only have picks, uh, have only have 120 left in the fourth round, that was involving the whole Houston deal, so we move up from obviously 46 to 38 to get our guy, I'm going to talk about that later, but the first pick I want to talk about is getting Ronnie Perkins, the Oklahoma edge defender at 96, um, to be honest with this pick, I wasn't, it wasn't that I was totally thrilled about it, but it was like Mac, I wanted... Our McCorkle, actually. We're, we're calling him McCorkle. Why do you see football talk endorses McCorkle Jones? But we're here to talk about Ronnie Perkins because I, at the time I tweeted out I wanted Baron Browning or Amon Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver out of USC. We could still get at 120. We still could get in because the, the fourth round starts in about two and a half hours. But... Yeah, I wanted either, and then when Ronnie Perkins' name was called, it was like, you know that meme where it's like the guy's just like, he's smiling, and then also it's like, oh, I was like there, but then I remember when I'm hearing, because I've actually, thanks to Keegan Stifle, whose article I'm reading right now, just to get all my stuff, so if anything you, I don't know too too much about Ronnie Perkins, I'm going to have to look up some film, but look, he wears number seven, hopefully he wears number seven on the Patriots defensive line, that would be sick, and um, hopefully Barmore wears 58, that would be pretty cool too, but we're going to talk about Barmore later. Um, to be honest with this one, I feel like, you know when this pick, this pick for the NFL draft, because obviously the NFL draft, it, <coughs> the NFL draft, excuse me, the NFL draft is like fantasy football come to life for these, uh, general managers. And you know when you have a pick, and then, um, you have a pick queued up, and you're good to go, and then, like, you, uh, it gets taken, or, you know what, you find someone else, you know what, hey, this guy may have a little bit more value, or maybe, hey, this guy dropped that you didn't expect to drop, so we're gonna take him. That's what I feel like Perkins is. I feel like Perkins is the kind of edge defender that's going to come in. He's not going to be expected to, you know, be what Chase Winovich was off the hop. Um, not expected to come in and be Matthew Judon, D- Dietrich Wise Jr., all those guys, uh, even to, like, the, the linebacker, because obviously he's an edge, but even the linebackers. He's going to come in and probably play some, I could see some third down schemes. I could see some second down, just, you know what, get off the edge and go. 
But the only big thing that I noticed here was, look, besides the value of the pick, the fact that guys like Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper had him in his 50, where I remember Todd, because that was the thing, too, when I'm referencing Keegan, was that he tweeted, I was watching NFL Network for rounds one and then into round two, but then he said, flip the ABC. So I flipped the ABC, and you know what, Todd, the entire time was shocked that Perkins kept dropping. So once we got him, I was just like, all right, cool. But before I get into anything else, um, also, too, he's the only edge player that had a 90-plus pro football-focused grade of both a run defender and a pass rusher in 2020. So that's not too, too bad. And also, doing six games in 2020, Perkins was recorded uh, recorded five and a half sacks with ten, uh, five and a half sacks with ten and a half tackles. Uh, he also earned Big 12 second all defensive team, which you know what, pretty good. And then I was just trying to get down to the other stats. So basically, he's got a high upside as a pass rusher. But the only thing is, too, though, with Oklahoma, he was uh, playing more of a 4-3 defensive scheme. Now, coming to New England, he's going to be playing more of a 3-4 scheme, which I think, you know what, is going to be in his favor because it gives me up more. When you're in a fourth, I feel like when with Oklahoma, he was more down in the trenches. Meanwhile, like, for example, um, they can rotate between, like, say, for example, Wise, Adams, even Matthew Judon, and then even two guys like Adam Free Jennings, and then also you have some uh, 3-4 defensive scheme linebackers like Uche, Winovich, Perkins, etc. So, I'm not expecting Perkins to come in right away and, you know, be this, like, fully dominant linebacker like you see with a lot of teams. I think he's going to come in, he's going to develop, and then over time we may start to realize, hey, look, this guy's a baller. This guy can play well. He can, you know what, come in and just, you know what, make plays when need to. You know how the whole Patriot motto is do your job? And I said this to my free agency article, which I'm going to be writing an article. I'm going to start it probably tomorrow recapping all the guys because I want to do my proper homework on these guys like say for example Ronnie Perkins and even to look more into Christian Barmore and McCorkle's films but with Perkins I feel like look if you come in you do your job you're gonna win over the fans it's as simple as that um and that's that's the only things I gotta say with him the only scenes I've seen here with uh basically yeah like right here Ronnie Perkins was forced to play in the dirt as a 4-3 defensive end oftentimes getting caught in the mud and getting washed out of place due to the lack of size in the spot so the 4-3, you're down in the mind more. You're down, like, trust. I played I played defensive tackle in high school, so I know a little bit about this. Like, I only played for a couple of years. But with a 3-4 scheme, he's going to be able to be standing more and be able just to, as soon as that ball stops, he's ready to go. So you know what? I think him coming to New England playing more in a 3-4 defensive scheme is only going to benefit him further. Now moving on to Christian Barmore, which when this pick happened, I was in love with it. Christian Barmore, we saw what he did in the national title game against Ohio State. I was about to say OSU. Um, what he did against Justin Fields. Uh, he was a force. I remember I was actually watching film of that game about a month ago or so, and a lot of those plays, it was him or Dylan Moses in the still in the is still in there, which I'm pretty sure I'm gonna look this up. I don't think Moses went last night, so Yeah, I don't see anything on here. I think Dylan Dylan Moses is still on the board. So the Patriots can get another Bama boy. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. But Barmore's that kind of guy who's going to come in, and you know what? He's Adam Butler's replacement. We're going to have Lawrence Guy. We're going to have Christian Barmore. Barmore's someone who I expect to start immediately. Um, we're also going to have Henry Anderson, Devin Godchuk. But then I feel like this kind of knocks a peg down. So if I had to rank them in order, I think it's going to be Guy, then Godchuk, and then Godchuk, and then Barmore, and then Anderson. I think, if anything, Anderson's going to come in and, you know what, maybe get those just, just like certain reps here and there. But I think Barmore's that kind of guy. I remember when I was watching some of the film on him, he was a guy who would just get in there and just fuck the play up. He's the, he's the kind of guy who would get in there and just, you know what, destroy 
and just go after, you know what, basically, you know how you give, hey, you got to do this, get them. That's Barmore. I love the pick. I'm going to say it again and again. I love the pick. And I'm also not going to come on here to preaching to the choir and say, New England, we had a great draft. You know what? It's a great day to be a Patriots fan. No, I don't want to overshoot myself. We're having a good draft so far. Look, we got a quarterback, we got a defensive tackle, and we got a defensive edge player. Um, to finish off the day, I would like to see them, you know, add a wide receiver, add a linebacker, uh, even a running back late. I thought Trey Sermon in the fifth round was an option. That isn't anymore. We'll see what happens down the stretch. But um, for the most part, you know what? I'm I'm just going to go over and say this because I have myself more collected than when I did the Mac Jones one. Because the Mac Jones was like a raw... I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was a raw like during the first round just a few picks after we got him draft. Um, even too, I'm going to reference... Uh, oh, I was going to reference Kima or, some, or something else. I'm just going to see if I can find any quick articles or stuff like that. Uh, you know what? Looking up here, do, 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 a lot of Jason Tatum stuff. Uh, you know what? Sorry for the dead airspace, folks. I do my uh, research on the fly. Oh, right here. Christian Barmore is absolutely dominated the Ohio State National Championship game. Just like I said, he's a game changer. Um, he's. I think, you know what? It's like, you know how I gave that Adam Butler comparison? I think Barmore is the same way. That he's going to fit so well into this New England defensive scheme. Like, literally, Bill's going to be able to plug and play him in there. Um, I don't like the people who question Bill's drafting just because look at all the gems he's able to find. He's going to get some guy today that we've never heard of, and he's going to ball. Like, look at, I know Michael Owenu was known, but like coming into the season, I don't think anyone would have said, yeah, first team all rookie, you redo mocks, he's going in the first round. Because last year's offensive line class was great. So I'm, I'll say this. For as long as Bill Belichick is running the show in New England, I'm always going to be confident in what he does. Some of the stuff he does, yeah, it's a little suspect, but you know what, for the most part, I'm not going to argue with the guy. He's got six rings. I've got none. I'm just a Canadian guy with a microphone giving my thoughts to all of you. But you know what? I'm going to re-say it again. Christian Barmore, great scheme fit for this team. He's going to come in. He's going to fuck the play up. He's going to come in. He's just going to do his job. He's going to get tackles. He's going to be a stuffer. He's going to be a nuisance for opposing offensive lines. And you know what? If you give Zach Wilson nightmares and makes him see ghosts, I'm okay with that too. But anyway, guys, this is episode, This has been another quick episode of YWC Football Talk. I don't want to take too, too much of your time up. This is episode 86. Episode 87, where I'm going to I'm gonna recap all of the uh, rounds 4 to 7. That'll be done later today or tomorrow morning, uh, just depending on time and everything. i got some stuff i got to take care of. But you know what? And then, like, I, I've tweeted out about this, but on Tuesday, Ryan Spagnoli will be here. So him and I are going to recap the Patriots draft as a whole and probably talk about some other players here and there and stuff. But you know what? For now, guys, uh, enjoy the day three of the draft, man. It's been great so far. Cleveland's been a great host. And, hey, you know what? If all is good in the world, maybe I'm in Vegas next year for uh, the draft. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening to episode 86 of YWC Football Talk. Keep on enjoying the NFL draft. Do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports 
Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice in the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.